1: To cancel too soon, the podcast where we review television series that lasted only one season or less. My name is William DeBiani. I'm a film critic
0: for The Wrap and IGN. Everybody calls me Bibbs. My name is Whitney Seibold, and they call me Tarzan Boy. They they do. I'm, I I was the singer of that uh, hit single, Tarzan Boy. There, that, that was that, a hit single that came out when I was an infant. Is that the one that goes? Mm. Oh, yeah.
1: yeah.
0: uh, Tar- Tarzan Boy was a song I learned from a Listerine commercial. I thought
1: that was <laughs> what it was from. I
0: didn't. I was driving down the street one day mm. in on like Vermont
1: oh. in in uh, in Los Angeles Vermont Avenue, mm. and someone had like that busting out of a boombox. In, like, 2012, and that was the first time I'd heard it outside a Listerine commercial, and I was just like, <laughs> why are they, was someone sampling that Listerine commercial, what's going
0: on? Uh, and for, then it continued. For the record, a Tarzan Boy was uh, put out by an artist named Baltimore, uh, who uh, who passed away, sadly. Well,
1: that's too bad.
0: Yeah. He died, uh, one of uh, an, one of the early victims of AIDS, in fact. Gee, dear uh, God. Yeah. Well, that's a sober
1: note on which to open a podcast.
0: Yeah, well, you know, you know the history of Tarzan Boy now Okay. and and Baltimore. If only we well, were reviewing Tarzan, it would actually well, be... Well, th- that, that was my little misdirect, you see, uh, because yeah. uh, uh, Tarzan was our intended episode.
1: Yes, and then uh, uh, we we just fell a little bit behind, mm. and rather than record, like, Tarzan tomorrow and have you wait extra long, we figured, listen, you've, well, you've been put through so much...
0: We, we, don't want, we don't want you to wait. We want to give you something. We want so, to give you content. So we're giving you a, a, essentially a stopgap,
1: yeah, failed pilot. Uh-huh. You know, it's something we can do relatively quickly. So, something
0: that doesn't take us a lot of time to watch and mm-hmm. uh, in and in terms of this one, maybe not a lot to delve into. <laughs> you know, we we
1: we don't. It's very rare that any of the shows that we review on Cancel Too Soon mm. are shows that either of us have seen. Beforehand, and it's very, and it's even rarer that we've seen like an entire series run. Mm. Like, there's a bunch of times where I was like, I remember seeing an episode, but mostly we're going into this completely blind. Mm. So, when uh, we pick something, you know, really random, like Steel Justice, yeah, this, or, th-
0: this was on a, a list of pilots that we could have done, and yeah, yeah it was, so we, we pulled it out, it had a. H- had a title. It did. sounded promising-ish.
1: It sounded It sounded Star Trek-y, and you know us. We love our Star Trek knockoffs. Well, I,
0: I, I have noticed, and you, dear listeners, have also probably noticed, when we panic, we fall back into 90s sci-fi. That's <laughs> ca- it's kind of like our safety net. We're gonna run out someday. I you know, know that, I know. Right? We're, gonna We're gonna see gonna... Every, every science fiction show that came out from 1990 to 1999.
1: Fortunately, and that... in the 1990s was a big boom for basic cable original programming, so mm. there's still a lot.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and, and Star Trek was riding high at that point. Oh. Yeah. Uh next generation UPN afloat. Yeah, Next Generation was a big hit. Uh, Deep Space Nine, not as big a hit, but it was big enough to stay on um, for seven years. And Voyager, Voyager was doing okay. Yeah, uh, let's see, Voyager started in 95. It so started when UPN started. It, it, it was, that was 95. Was so it wasn't until, uh, it didn't really take off until Seven of Nine came on at mm. the beginning of season four. But the so original, it was like season, eight was, the original season was, was really- a hit. Yeah. The original yeah. season was a pretty big but hit. But Star Trek was a big enough hit that there were all kinds of little weird cells that were breaking off and trying to form their own franchises. And
1: we reviewed a few of them before. Mm. Uh, Space
0: Rangers was one of them. Space
1: Rangers was a fun one. We had um, um, the Osiris Chronicles. That's right. Uh, which was directed by Joe Dante. And actually, actually, that one was kind of fun. Oh. <laughs> I kind of like that one. Um, and uh, yeah, and and some of these shows end up getting cult followings. Babylon Five ended up be- becoming becoming big enough to be its own thing. Well, and there's
0: there's some controversy over which came first with between Babylon Five and yeah. Deep Space Nine. Did,
1: did Did J. Michael Straczynski pitch Babylon Five to people who would eventually go on to make Star Trek Deep Space Nine, which has a suspiciously similar premise? Mm. We weren't there. We don't know. You know what? But it's interesting. I've seen Deep Space
0: Nine, and I've seen Babylon 5. I can say boldly that Deep Space Nine is the superior show. <laughs> but that doesn't mean it came first. That's true. That doesn't I mean... Say they, they could have easily ripped off the idea. Yeah.
1: I don't know. Mm-hmm. We're not going to. We we couldn't say even if we wanted to. Uh, but uh, and but some of them like Odyssey Five had had a bit of a cult. Earth Two was the, uh, was a
0: big deal when it came out. Gene Roddenberry's Andromeda, uh, Space mm-hmm. Above and Beyond. Yeah, all of these things were just sort of splitting off from the the Star Trek behemoth. Yeah, like they they weren't made from by the similar talent. But yeah, it was in the air, and a lot of people were pitching these things, and a lot of them were getting made.
1: And the pilot that we're going to review today is actually noteworthy because it was made by someone who split up off from Star Trek. Morgan very Fairchild. Yes. Well, Morgan no, Fa- not Morgan. Was Morgan not Fairchild ever
0: Star Trek? No, she was not. I wouldn't surprise me if she was. <laughs> Doesn't it feel like a very special episode with Morgan yeah, well, Fairchild I mean, shows up? And, and Voyager had all kinds of weird guest stars at yeah. some point. Like, the, the Rock showed up in one episode. He wasn't,
1: he wasn't The Rock yet. I mean, he was The Rock, but he wasn't like a big movie but star. But he,
0: he was The Rock. He was The Rock. He was The Rock. And Jason Alexander showed up as this weird, like, oh, l- right. leader of a... a elitist think tank in both episodes they wanted to recruit Seven of Nine because she was the star of every damn episode yeah everything's
1: gotta be it's like it's like when it turned into Slimer and the real Ghostbusters yeah. every episode had to be about how great Slimer was
0: no, no slight at all to Jerry Ryan but yeah, just I, I, I really hated when it became the Seven of Nine show
1: It just the show redirected became yeah. only about one character you liked the whole cast mm. except for Kim <laughs> Nobody liked Henry Kim.
0: Harry Kim is it Harry Kim. Okay, Harry Kim.
1: Harry Kim was just as not. He was nice. Yeah. But he was a non-character. <laughs> Tell me one what, good story they ever got out of Harry Kim. Me,
0: what a memorable character. You've seen <laughs> all of Voyager. Yeah. One good st- cats. I I didn't ask you. The, there there was the one where he got like, like he was aging prematurely or no he was it was the future. I totally forgot that episode. There you go. It's gone. <laughs> there, was, <laughs> there was an old Harry Kim in one episode, and I forgot how they got there. But is it interesting that he's old? No. Okay. I remember where he almost like he he was having a romance with a hologram and what? Tom and Tom Paris hacked the the hologram so it turned into a cow. That, that was an episode.
1: Uh, that was after I gave up on. But
0: it. but Tom Paris was the one who, who was like the the prankster in that one. So Tom Paris is actually the more interesting character in that scenario.
1: Oh, Tom Paris.
0: They like, tried they, so hard to they really, make you happen man. They, I know. <laughs> they tried really hard just like Tom Ferris is the lovable scamp and Harry Kim is like the straight man and they really tried to make it happen and throughout the whole series. Both of them series. were boring
1: characters and yeah. no one cared. Yeah yeah. Yeah.
0: Good old Voyager. <laughs> Voyager, what almost. Would, what would Chakotay do? If and then there's the, the little, lovable Hobbit. You know, none of those characters are really that great, apart from Captain Janeway. Janeway was interesting. Yeah. I
1: think uh, Bela like, Torres had some moments. And and,
0: and, I, and you know what? I might be the only one, but I liked Kess, the character that was replaced.
1: Interesting idea, Kes. Yeah,
0: like she was, she the, was well,
1: aging faster than every other well, character and on also, the show. Also, she
0: was the the one who was giving like all of the compassionate angles. It's yeah. Like like, well, we have to do this, and we have to do these cold scientific things, and she was like, hey, wait a minute what about this thing that's gonna die? Well, who was the character Brad Dorif played? He was the serial
1: killer they had trapped on the ship, because they didn't believe him. Oh, death yeah, penalty. yeah. There was this cool episode of Voyager where there was a serial killer on board, and they're, they're so far away from, like, Starfleet or anything, mm-hmm. that they didn't know what to do with them. You just so they ended to them lock just, him up, yeah. And, the, and then, every once in a while, there would be, like, a quick shout-out where, like, Tuvok was trying to, like, Silence of the Lambs, Brad Dorif <laughs> and try to, like, get inside his head, and, like, use Vulcan mind, te- uh-huh. you know, mind techniques in order to try to heal his broken mind. And then uh, at the end of I think it was season 1 mm-hmm. when uh, the Kazon stole Voyager and the only people left on the ship was the hologram doctor and the serial killer.
0: Yeah. That was so cool. You see, that's the premise of a show right there. That's a
1: just coo- that's
0: cool. The, holo- man. the hologram doctor who is like is a computer and a serial killer and they have to outwit hijackers. About
1: halfway through season 2 I realized that those things were aberrations and the show just yeah. wasn't very good.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs>
1: It's Star it, Trek There's always a good episode it, it, it here and has, there, it, it,
0: There's a lot of interesting things In yeah. Voyager um, Speaking of Voyager Yeah We're gonna get to Space show The show Space show The show <laughs> Yeah, Star Command. <laughs> <laughs> we're not even talking about Star Command. There's yet. a reason
1: Star Command is the show we're reviewing. We don't have a we don't have like a promo for it. Uh-huh. It aired on UPN, uh-huh. the Falinous Network on television. Uh, <laughs> Apart from Star Trek Voyager, on March 11th, 1996, a mm. couple mm. of years before they would also they would try to do uh, the Osiris Chronicles with Joe Dante, mm. uh, which is a better version. Aired opposite <laughs> um, new episodes of Melrose Place <laughs> and The Nanny.
0: Which Um, I'm sure trounced it handily. Oh, completely. Mm.
1: Yeah. Um, Second Noah, another failed show uh, about a guy who, who ran a zoo.
0: Second Uh, Noah. Second
1: Noah. Oh, it's a sitcom, isn't it? Uh, It was an hour-long show, so I think it might be like a dramedy. Oh, okay. But in any case, that got like twice the ratings that Star Command did. Remember remember the show Second Noah? No? This is less popular. (laughs) We 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 can try to track Second Noah down if you want. That was canceled too soon. Um, But yeah, Star Command aired on UPN. It is a space-faring show, very much in the Star Trek mold. Mm -hmm. You can see a a few elements... Of Battlestar Galactica in there as well, and that it's more military, uh, militaristic in the way uh, it's constructed.
0: And in case you didn't uh, understand that the entire show is a metaphor for uh, the Civil War, they actually have somebody studying the Civil War in one scene. Just in case. So, didn't get it. I, so it's the future at some point. They don't give us a year. Um, I'm guessing like the 2200s. And
1: the idea is uh, Earth is we kind of fucked up Earth mm. as we
0: always do in the future
1: and now. And uh, <laughs> we, we ended up colonizing the stars. And rather than run into a bunch of evil aliens, we found out that humans are still jerks in the future. And there's a whole bunch of separatists who have started yeah, well, basically their own... Sort of Confederacy, their yeah, own civil war,
0: and and the Confederacy, and it's it's all they're all mostly British people, yeah, and they all wear like Nazi ish uniforms, and they their ships are a lot darker, well, and they're pointier, and the they good guys, weaponier. So. the good guys,
1: uh-huh. uh, wear yeah. white uniforms, mm-hmm. and the and the bad guys wear black versions of the same uniforms, right down to the I can't believe we're still trying to get away with this mini skirts for all the female officers,
0: yeah, and they're they're not like Star Trek miniskirts they're like tennis skirts well what's weird is that by this like point pleated tennis skirts by
1: 1996 even Star Trek wasn't doing the miniskirt thing no. anymore
0: and in fact when they started Next Generation they tried to take the curse off the miniskirt by uh, putting men in the miniskirts do you remember in the first season of Next Generation I do, I do remember that it's like that was just a uniform you could choose and yeah. it just so happens that we only saw women wearing it but there were men wearing it too we just never saw them until Next Generation
1: just, just admit it the like, 60s was an even more sexist time. <laughs> you leaned into it too far. Gene, you're you're embarrassed. Okay. Star Trek. Gene, Move on.
0: Gene Roddenberry. It, have you you've seen Pretty Maids all in a row? Oh yeah. Gene Roddenberry wrote that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we have we have yeah, some shit to deal with. He, he had a few sexist bones in his body. Yeah. And it's okay to acknowledge that. Star
1: Trek was was an ideal that Star well, Trek didn't always live up to. Exactly. <laughs> but they tried in Future Generations.
0: But yeah, in in Space Show the show, Space Command, Star Command. It's Space Show the show. I, I looked up Space Command and there's also a show called Space Command, so I was a little bit confused for also, a second. Also there's like
1: Buzz Lightyear of Space Command yeah, I was, I was, no, and Sp- Buzz Lightyear of Star Command. Oh, Star Command. Yeah. Star-
0: so Buzz Lightyear was also of Star Command, and this show has nothing to do with Buzz Lightyear. I've been
1: calling it Star Space Command. It's Star Command. It's You're Star right. Command. Uh, it's title Space of the Show the Show. <laughs> it's
0: Space Show the Show. It is like the most generic idea.
1: Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so-
0: we, we have white, the Federation, quote Federation, is in white uniforms. Uh, the women wear tennis skirts. And mm. the premise of the show is it takes place upon on the HMS Surprise, captained by Jack Aubrey and Dr. Stephen Maturin. Uh-huh. That's the name of the ship from the Patrick O'Brien novels. Yeah, I actually liked the shout-out. Was it a shout-out? I think it was. I think they they knew. Notice how the words surprise and enterprise end with the same letters. I think, here's what I think. And how often they put someone in front of the word surprise (laughs) on the wall so that just the er erprise was visible. (laughs) I think they were trying to trick us.
1: That might be the case. But I honestly think that... um, as the show progresses, here's the basic premise of the show. There's uh. a bunch of uh, new cadets, ensigns, if you will, not unlike the no, young
0: cast. They were actual ensigns.
1: They were ensigns, but they mm. were they just graduated from academy, mm. and it's their first mission. And they're still with like an older uh, captain and second in command. Mm. And it's either gonna be their first mission is either gonna be a really cushy, just go out to this remote outpost, make sure everything's okay. It'll probably be okay. Mm. You come back. Or it's a big, it's a big <laughs> deal, and a war is going to start. Mm. And it's a big deal, and a war is going to start because the there's, there's this one
0: contested planet. It's like the Falkland Islands. Yeah, <laughs> they no, need no, it but for strategic cheap purposes. No, and, it's
1: it's not for strategic p- cheap purposes. It's actually like the ultimate like Goldilocks planet. Yeah, like yeah, the yeah. planet that is perfect for human side. Like no compromises, no terraforming. We can just go now. And of course, mm-hmm. both sides want that planet. But whoever colonizes it first has claim to it, but it's so remote that the bad guys could just destroy the colony and say, I don't know what happened. We got here and all it said was Roanoke. And
0: and, and the, uh, the idea was if they do colonize, they can start like weapons manufacture.
1: Yeah. Which so they, they haven't been able to do until then. So it's a big deal. They get there, there's an initial attack, both of the experienced captains get killed, mm-hmm. and now it's up to the young crew in order to save the day. And it's not a it's a premise not dissimilar from J.J. Abrams Star Trek two thousand nine. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a fine premise in and of itself.
0: Yeah, well that that uh, the least experienced officers. There's, and it seems to me like this ship is not really well populated. There's no, it's ju- really, There's seven ensigns and the captain, and that's kind of it. It's they a call tiny, it, tiny little ship.
1: They, they they're going up against a bunch of warships, and they call this ship a corvette. Mm. This is basically it's made for speed and maybe mm. some stealth, and like that's it. It's yeah, not it's, a huge warship. We're
0: not looking at at an enterprise like ship, which has you know hundreds up to a thousand, depending on which enterprise you're looking at. But yeah. yeah.
1: And then the second half of the <laughs> of the episode, and we'll go through it in more detail. But mm. the second half of the episode. Is just this young crew trying to outmaneuver and outflank Mm. uh, these? This basically this armada. And try to save this outpost all by themselves. Well, tra- so when but I
0: I'll, look at that... W- while they're trying to figure out what the command structure is and you know who, who who should be calling the shots and how they operate the ship.
1: The point I've been trying to get back to mm-hmm. is that because the second half of the show is all about basically naval military tactics in space, mm-hmm. I think they were fans of the Jack <laughs> Aubrey novels. Uh, it, that's entirely possible. I think that's yeah, fair. They yeah, called yeah. it the surprise the, mm-hmm. that's in the text. I want to talk a little bit about the people involved in making the show. I it felt
0: more uh, like... Adventurous I agree Yeah Uh, This show was created
1: And executive produced by uh, Melinda M. Snodgrass Now Melinda M. Snodgrass Wrote for The Outer Limits Mm. She wrote for Profiler She wrote for Sliders She also wrote a bunch of episodes Of Star Trek The Next Generation Including One of the episodes I would call One of the best episodes Oh The Measure of a Man Oh, that's the one where Data goes on trial to see if he's a human. And that was a spec script she wrote that they had to go with because there was like a writer's strike. Yeah, second
0: season. And then it was so good, they hired her. She wrote a bunch more episodes. Did she write the one called The Ensigns of Command? She did. Was that a kind, good one? Kind of curious. Well, the, the plot of the Ensigns of Command is Data has, I guess she likes Data. Data uh, is sent as the individual envoy to a colony that they have to move. Mm-hmm. But it's it's been so long since Starfleet checked in on this colony. They thought it was like 100 people, and it turns out it was 15,000. Mm-hmm. Like, they had just grown and built aqueducts and viaducts and all the rest, and they said they didn't want to leave. And they had to do it because there was like an alien ship that had claim to that planet. They had to get their the Starfleet people off.
1: Oh, it's it's the opposite of insurrection.
0: Yeah. They pretty have the much.
1: exact same problem as insurrection, mm. but they take the exact opposite ethical and moral stance.
0: Well uh, insurrection is a bad film, but yes. <laughs> I mean it, it captured like that's the kind of thing they would have on the show, but they've done it like twice before on the show. Better. yeah. Uh, But yeah, it's it's kind of the same story, and uh, the title "The Ensigns of Command" Mm -hmm. a little suspicious when it's a show, space show. The show is about ensigns who take command.
1: Anyway, uh, Melinda Snodgrass actually, uh, she hasn't. She wrote some novels as well. Okay, but uh, she she moved on to different careers, and now she I I don't know if she's still doing it. But in the early two thousands, she started as a lawyer. She went on to do screenwriting and write mm. novels. Then she managed a natural gas company, and uh, now she she uh, uh, does a lot of stuff with horse shows. Oh, that what, what an, an interesting
0: life this woman an has interesting led. Interesting <laughs>
1: career, good for her. Yeah. And I listen, I've liked a lot of the other stuff she's done. Mm. Um, this feels like, and I don't have like any material on this because no one gave a shit about this. Um, but I don't know, haven't seen any interviews about it. Uh, this feels like UPN was like, hey, we might not have Star Trek forever. Can you make us another Star Trek with younger, hipper, sexier cast members? Uh-huh.
0: I guess. I guess. It's all, okay, so it's all about just the young characters. They're all ensigns. The ensigns are in charge. The ensigns of command. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the cast. Mm. Okay. So uh, in in the lead uh, as Ensign Urt,
0: they, it's, they say Ort, but it's spelled with two O's. Yeah,
1: Ensign Ort. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is the son of an admiral. He's, great things are expected of him, but he's Tom Paris. He's Tom Paris. He's, he's, Tom Paris. Uh, he's, 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 <laughs> he's a C totally, student. Yeah. But uh, great things are expected of him. He's played by Jay Underwood from the Not Quite Human TV movies. He was the boy who could fly in The Boy Who Could Fly. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was also in The Roger Corman Fantastic Four, he played Johnny Storm. That's right. Always liked him. Always thought he was a fun is, presence.
0: A pretty, pretty good actor.
1: Yeah, charming, likable young uh, actor. Uh, with him, we have Ensign McGinty, played by Jennifer Bransford from Witchcraft Six. I've seen that. She's also been in a bunch of other UPN shows like Marker and Vengeance Unlimited. Um, oh, Marker. We really want to find
0: markers so bad. We'll, we'll, we'll track down markers so hard. Some of these UPN shows so, are so hard to so, find. Someday we'll do every UPN show. <laughs> we'll just we'll That's just do fantasy. every. Uh, by the end of this show, years down the line, we'll have covered every UPN show.
1: Anyway, she's one of the pilots, uh, and she's uh, and kind gunners. of she's
0: seen as sort of the loose cannon. She's yeah. presented as the loose cannon. She,
1: she's Starbuck. Basically, like, when we mm. first see her, she's gambling, gambling. Yeah. Um, and it's we find out that she's actually, like, from Los Angeles, but Los Angeles in the future, and you get the impression it's kind of this demilitarized Mad Max thing. And there's one <laughs> short flashback of her, like, running from, like, mm. the zone troopers or whatever who are managing well, it's, the place.
0: It, it's like the, the, the abuse gangs.
1: Yeah, it's just really horrifying. Which,
0: which is actually a conceit. That Tasha Yar went through. Remember, she was from like a dystopian future where there were always gangs who were be- I didn't beating and abusing that. people. Yeah, that was okay. that, that was Tasha Yar's backstory.
1: Okay, so going back to that chestnut, uh, <laughs> let's see who else we got here. There's Ensign. <laughs> Fujisaki. Engine Fujisaki, played by the great Kelly Who from mm. X Men 2 and The Scorpion King. I am such a huge fan of Kelly Who. I don't understand why she's not a bigger star.
0: Well, she got. Uh, I was just discussing this with my wife because mm. we also like Kelly. Everybody likes Kelly Who. I've
1: never heard anyone say mm. a bad word about Kelly Who. She's cool. And, yeah. She's charismatic. She, she can play smart. She can play tough. She was recently mm. on a couple episodes of The Orville, which is kind of interesting symmetry.
0: Yeah. Um,. She's got a recurring role on uh, Arrow now, so she's. I yeah. mean, she's constantly gotten work. Yeah, she's still um, working. I just don't understand
1: she should wasn't be a she, star.
0: Wasn't she on Hawaii Five O as well? Was she? I don't I think know. So anyway, she's but she works a lot and good for her. And, and um, i she's been in a lot of like really crappy movies that for like have always wandered into my path. <laughs> so I've seen her a lot. Yeah, it's like she's in Jason Eight. Uh, she's in one of the the Three Ninjas movies, I think. Was um, she in Jason Eight? Yeah,
1: I don't remember that at
0: all. Yeah, she, she's, she's in it. Okay, she's one of the victims. She's, Don't remember yeah. that at all.
1: Um, okay, mm-hmm. but uh, she plays the engineer, mm-hmm. and she is the quiet, nerdy type who's constantly got her, you know, she's constantly studying and worrying about stuff with the ship and mm-hmm. a little antisocial. Um, we've got who else have we got here? Uh, Ensign Dundee, played by Tembi Locke. Uh, she eventually would uh, show up on Eureka but she had been Beverly Hills 90210 by this point Mm. they really didn't have time to do anything with her character (laughs) she's kind Uh, of uh, there
0: well uh, most of the characters unfortunately are just kinda there well you get the
1: chance in a pilot usually Mm. because you have a lot of plot you have to run in in a show like this Yeah, you get a chance to give them one character trait and Mm. then maybe subvert it a little bit so you've got uh, uh, you got Jay Underwood okay so he's Kind of a slacker, doesn't live up to the to, to his ideals. But by the end of the episode, we find yes, out there's to more step to him. Up. Yeah. Okay. Cool.
0: That's a good arc. He, that, he, that's fine. The slacker has to step up. All for right. a
1: pilot, that's fine. You'll mm-hmm. hopefully have more nuance later. But for now, give us something. Kelly who she's she's bookish and a little reserved but by the end we find out she's actually into virtual reality porn and she like <laughs> shares that as like a, a common interest with another
0: with another ensign. so virtual a little, a little depth virtual reality porn is huge in this future uh, really important to the plot yeah. actually. yeah and and what I love uh, is well the ensign's it's like, okay, I'm gonna hack into my I'm gonna just sit down and do my virtual reality porn, but there's no privacy in the future. There's cameras in every room. Yep. Uh, the captain can see what you're doing at any given moment. So you can be in the middle so, of a
1: of a sex scene in virtual reality porn, and then the captain's head like morphs into the head of the of the person you're about to have sex with, and he's just like, see me in my office.
0: Like, well. Okay, I can go with this. Right. <laughs> just give me five minutes. Five minutes. <laughs>
1: Uh, the other uh, virtual reality porn enthusiast on this 1996 UPN Star
0: Trek
1: show uh, is Ensign Vallis, played by Chris Conrad. Mm-hmm. He played Jason in <laughs> Young Hercules, starring Ron, Ryan Gosling,
0: which we will get to oh, at some point. Like Jason of the Argo fame. Yeah. All
1: right. Uh, he was also Johnny Cage in Mortal Kombat Annihilation.
0: Oh, when they had to switch actors. Yes,
1: they yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, and then rounding out the main cast, uh, there is Ensign. Did I write that down? Larson? Uh, played by Yvonne Sergey mm. from Once a Thief, Jack and Jill, Charmed. He, he's yeah. been in everything. Um, and then we have their their superior officers who are only in half the show. There's Chad Everett as Captain Shane Ridenauer. Chad Everett. Uh. Been in a lot of TV. You'd recognize. uh, He's just one of those guys. And and as his first officer. (laughs) No, first off, I just want to say, his name should be, is that George Hamilton?
0: No, that's not George Hamilton. So not George Hamilton. Captain not George Hamilton. Yeah. And Commander Morgan Fairchild. (laughs) Yeah, Morgan Fairchild is the second in command. (laughs) When I think of, like, military commanders who demand your attention and respect, I think of Morgan Fairchild. Morgan Fairchild playing uh, Commander Sigrid Ivorstetter. Mm. Um, I can't look at Morgan Fairchild and not think about those awful Old Navy ads she was in around oh, the same yeah. time.
1: Uh, Morgan Fairchild, if you're not super familiar with her, she hasn't been like front and center in pop culture mm. for a while. She did a lot of soap mm. operas, daytime mm. soap operas, nighttime soap operas. She was on Falcon Crest, uh, she was in Search for Tomorrow, which she, nobody ever talks about anymore. She was in Dallas.
0: She was the American military ambassador to Brazil. Uh, was she? she was, no, she wasn't. Okay, I'm just I'm, making stuff I'm up. That not surprise me. <laughs> I, I
1: follow her on Twitter, and she, she's she's very liberal and posts mm. a lot of, like, like
0: political posts. Posts
1: a lot of, you yeah. know, like I'm like, I can get behind that, Morgan Fairchild. Good for you. <laughs> I always remember Morgan Fairchild from the classic... Uh, sex comedy test tube teens from the year two thousand, oh, yes. which takes place in the far off year of two thousand. This movie was made in like nineteen ninety eight. Uh, it takes place in the far off year of two thousand, and uh, sex has been outlawed by President Morgan Fairchild. So a bunch of teenagers get in a time machine mm-hmm. to go back to like the eighties and it's try bit- to and try to and try to make sure that Morgan Fairchild has a positive sex life and it, everything works out mm-hmm.
0: okay. Great. Morgan great. Fairchild would be in anything.
1: <laughs> kind of, she would. <laughs> and it's interesting, like, Morgan Fairchild, it's odd casting because, like, it's distracting. She's, like, the only distracting member of the cast because well, you know Morgan
0: Fairchild. She's the big get. It's it's yeah. And it's not like in Linda Hunt with uh, uh, Space Rangers. Where
1: she's known as this incredibly respectable actor. But and, anyone... but and
0: then she's, like, a regular part of the cast and that they cast her lends the show a little bit of gravity because she has a command role. No, she's like Drew Barrymore mm. in Scream. Like, it's surprising that they killed her off
1: mm. because that's Morgan Fairchild. She's like a, mm. you know, internationally renowned sex symbol and like, she's she's a big deal. It's mm. Morgan Fairchild. I recognize Morgan Fairchild. They, they,
0: don't, they didn't, by the time they shot this in 1986, she didn't have to do her hair anymore. They just combed concrete into it at some <sighs> point in 1989 and it just stayed that way. Bonk. It's like a helmet, but uh, I like Morgan <laughs> I've, Fairchild. I've never just seen fine. her with slick back hair. You know, <laughs> it's just like, a listen, this big hairdo.
1: I like Morgan Fairchild just fine. Mm. Uh, the role was not tailor made to her strengths, and mm. she always looks like she's in the wrong movie. In fact, the recurring like tonality of st- of uh, uh, Starkman. Space Command. show the show. Space <laughs> show the show.
0: I to look up the name of the show.
1: <laughs> Space show the show yeah. looks like every scene plays out. Like, the porn parody of Space Show, the show. But it never gets to the sex. Like, every line of dialogue is a little too functional. Like, it's just plot. Mm. Every, like... Hunky young person is always looking at each other, like giving them the eyes. There's a scene well, the, where the, Morgan Fairchild. The, the
0: women fare better than the men. The true. women. The women feel like they're trying to play characters. The men feel like they're trying to be in a porno movie. There's a scene where Morgan Fairchild
1: goes into Jay Underwood's mm. uh, uh, quarters to try to give him advice, like how to, like listen, stop trying to study people of the past and be your own man. You know what you need isn't in those history discs. Mm. What you need is here. She points to his head. Here points to his heart, and here points to his 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 wiener, uh. and I'm just like,
0: is this? going somewhere? Okay, you Captain know, Fairchild? So what are we doing? Hear, hear your mind, your heart, hear your soul, and hear your body. The, you know, I appreciate it. that,
1: but the scene I, I plays out like, <laughs> well, are, it, are
0: they about to get it on? Because it seems like they could yeah, and the yeah, scene yeah. wouldn't, the scene well, would play exactly the same way if that's what they were going to do. The quality of the costumes, the cheap lighting, the, the wide open, like, the sets are constructed in a weird way because they're clearly not constructed for human movement. Mm. Like, the hallways are a little too narrow. Some spaces are a little too wide open. It doesn't look like these were designed for functionality. Look, even if you are sort of cheesed out by the, the bridge on the Enterprise, you know, the original, it's kind of square and blocky. On Next Generation, it looks like a cruise ship. At least they constructed it with like functionality in mind. Like, well, this is where we would do this part of the ship, and this is what we would do at this part of the ship. Uh, it never occurred to them to put in seatbelts. Well, well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> they have inertial dampeners. They don't need seatbelts. They
1: fall out of their chairs every time something hits the ship. <laughs> every
0: the, time. Pat, Pat uh, I guess it was uh, Jonathan Frakes tells a funny story on Patrick Stewart how, um, whenever the you know they got hit by phasers or something, the ship shakes, or sometimes they're like going into some space phenomenon. All the actors have to kind of like wiggle around in their chairs a little bit. Yeah. Now, when they're shaking the camera and adding sound effects and, like, cutting back and forth, that doesn't look so silly. That's all it takes. But when you have just a static shot with no music, you just sort of watch the actors kind of wiggling around in their seats a little bit. (laughs) Uh, Evidently, there was a scene where, like, early in the shoot of the show where Patrick Stewart was, like, walking around. He says, like, I left the Royal Shakespeare Company for this. (laughs) (laughs) Like, leaned over to Jonathan Riggs. This is ridiculous. Sort of wiggling around in our seats. (laughs) Um, that's the trick. If you ever want to like
1: fake like an earthquake in a movie, you have to do the sound, but you got to get the actors to just kind of flail about. It doesn't mm. matter; they don't have to be all synchronized and coordinated. Everyone's trying to find their balance wherever they find mm. it. But you
0: have to shake the camera as well. Yeah. If you only do one, it looks ridiculous. Mm. If you do both, you get away with it. And, and here's what you do. Choreograph your actors in such a way where they're all, shake, they're all like shaking in the same direction. It helps. Like, it's, not, it's not guaranteed. See, yeah, like see that corner. Just sort of lunge into that corner when there's a shake. Yeah. And we're going to say shake off camera well, and just lunge. That works better yeah.
1: if you're being hit by something like a photon torpedo because then there's inertia. <laughs> mm. If just the whole ground is shaking, everyone's yeah. going to get caught off guard on a different foot or something. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. you can get away with it a little bit there. But yeah, if you're, if you're in a submarine, everyone had better lean in the same direction. Yeah. <laughs> It's weird if they don't
0: bang. Woo! It's just a mosh pit all of a sudden. Uh, we digress
1: because it's Space Show, the show.
0: Space Show that so uh, mission commander gets killed. They oh, take no, no, over. No. Let's let's let's
1: let's take it in. All right. And right, so we we uh, there's a long opening monologue establishing the whole world. Mm. Then uh, uh, yeah, then we meet the kids. They're graduating. They're graduating. They all reveal in
0: dialogue something about themselves. Mm. Uh, they, or, or about another crewmate. They have that. Uh, that I, I wish I was a C plus student and also rich like that guy.
1: And uh, they're in the middle of their graduation. Is also in the same place as a as a potential peace summit. Mm-hmm. And uh, while they are drinking and carousing, a bunch of the evil black costume wearing. Oh. Uh, uh, space people. It's the rebels, sir. The, they here. here. <laughs> Good God, man! Do they want tea? Uh, anyway, they I don't the, know what it is, but they brought a flag. The the opposing forces come into the same bar, and there's this long scene <coughs> where they're standing like in a line opposite each other, but like three feet away. So it's like the shittiest Red Rover ever, and. They're just like, no, man, it's not worth it. Don't fight him. And nothing is landing. Mm. Not a single dramatic beat in that scene lands. What I've noticed is weird about this show. And I appreciate it's a pilot. Um, and it's a failed pilot. Yeah. you know, It didn't end up, end up going anywhere. So maybe adding music to every scene was a low priority. But all the battle sequences have a halfway decent TV sci-fi score. Mm. All the dialogue sequences have nothing. Not Nothing. It, There's no help. There's no help from the from the storytellers, like behind the scenes, not even to like make these scenes noise. interesting. Yeah, like, yeah. They're all just standing there awkwardly not, not, talking, and I'm like, uh, "What am I supposed to be? Fe- is there is this suspenseful? Mm. Is it funny? I don't
0: know. You're not giving me enough to work with." It, it's like they they got all the coverage they needed, but yeah, didn't really bother to shoot. Like they just shot the dialogue. Yeah, it's like and just edit that. It's like well but all we have is your coverage. Can can we do something more with this? And they get in a bar fight and they get in trouble for it. And it's like that scene from that one
1: episode of Star Trek The Original Series where Scotty is at a bar mm. and the Klingons show up uh-huh. and they insult they insult the captain and he's just like, ah, you can insult the captain. It's You don't know him like I know him and your ship sucks. Scotty's like, oh, fuck that. Which gets a huge fight.
0: You care to rephrase that. <laughs> it's from the trouble with dribbles. Yeah, oh,
1: it's the best episode. I love that episode. <laughs> but but the thing is that's that bar fight mm-hmm. informed you about his character? Mm-hmm. It escalated the story and the tension? Mm-hmm. It was a useful scene. It was funny.
0: And it it led to another comedic scene where uh, Scotty was getting dressed down by Kirk. And Mm. Kirk was a little insulted that he didn't start the fight over him. Yeah. It was over the ship. (laughs) More good character bits.
1: Here, it just seems like we we needed to have a scene Mm. early where there's some
0: action in it. Anyway. Uh, Well, I mean, we have to establish that these characters are young and inexperienced, so you have to have a hothead. Uh, uh, Why? Why is there always one hothead? What if they're or, all
1: hotheads? Well, what if
0: they're no hotheads? What if they're all just like really academic? Mm hmm. And just put them all together. Put all the academics on one ship. Wait, is this Hogwarts? Yeah, sure. Or Ravenclaw not. ship? What do you mean? Get? <laughs> get all the Ravenclaw the Ravenclaw space ship would
1: get shit done. <laughs> Gryffindor is always just like yeah, and then, we gotta
0: go save everything and everyone, and
1: they get blown up. Dude. Slytherin's just like we gotta go steal everything, and they get blown up. Hufflepuff is just like we're cool, and then Ravenclaw is just like okay, fine, we'll study that and we'll make the right decision and all these mm-hmm. diplomatic stuff. Well, Ravenclaw's are the heroes of, of, well, here, of, of Harry Potter. Can yeah, we all agree on that? The,
0: the, the Ravenclaw, they're like the intellectual yeah. Hogwarts house, right? Okay, Luna, so, Lo- Luna Lovegood's house. I, I, I don't remember.
1: She was the... She was what? the she, was she was the, the, the Oh, she was the spooky one, right? Yeah, Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. You know that there's going to be an episode of, like, Voyager, though, where they find that ship, like the yeah. Ravenclaw ship, all the intellects, and they've completely sold out their morals. It's like they're sapping off some other ship and stealing their energy. It's like, well, logically, this was the, what we needed to do to survive. Yeah, but you're killing these people. Yeah, but that's logical. <laughs> <laughs> that That's that episode.
1: They always assume that, like... If you if you if you emphasize sure. one thing, you will lose everything else.
0: Yeah, like, yeah, em- there, yeah. There has to be a
1: balance. If you have one value, all the other values will go right out the window. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Anyway, well, so th-
0: oh wait, and they even did that. They were sucking the souls of like these interdimensional beings so they could go faster in, in a story arc on Voyager. Oh
1: uh, no, was it Voyager or was it Discovery? Didn't they go no, on Discovery. They, they did too? that on Discovery too. Okay. But yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, so all these kids get on ship, uh, the ship. Uh, the uh, the captains of the ship, Chad and Morgan. <laughs> Chad,
0: they're all all named Chad
1: They take one last opportunity to teach the kids some valuable lessons, set up their arcs Mm. And then they arrive, so the way that like interstellar travel works in this world is they 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 fold space Yeah, they do
0: like little wormholes Yeah, it's like Event Horizon, except you don't (laughs) go through hell I mean, in in Star Trek they warp space, hence the warp engine But yeah, in this one they're like absent from regular space Mm. while they're traveling
1: and uh, they're going to a colony that's really far away, even by those standards, so they're going to be completely isolated out there. They arrive, and the enemy is already there, ready to take mm. over that colony. There's a big fight. Chad and Morgan die, and now it's up to the kids.
0: And the kids—actually, there's some clever tactics in the second half of this. They, yeah. They—, they... Well, they, they, they get shot down out of the sky, and they crash land on an ice planet, and that's— that, that's where, like, all the drama begins. They have right. to kind of reconnoiter.
1: Well, they crash land on the ice planet, and then <sighs> realizing that any halfway intelligent ship would check to make sure that they're mm. all dead, so they set off, like, a huge explosion near them Yeah, to throw them off the scent, and that gives them some time. They bury the Chad and Morgan. They fix up the ship. They decide that Jay Underwood should be in command. And that's when uh, Ivan Sergei uh, decides he's going to be
0: this character. He's going to be the... the- the coffee in the abyss. Just the guy who goes nutty and wants to go violent.
1: Yeah. So he's just like, we should just surrender. Well, I don't want to fight anybody. So uh, he's, like, ready to sabotage the ship and mm. make sure we. They, they're all just – they don't – Like, kill people and tie people up. Yeah. And, you know. and so they end up having to do a court-martial with – and it's, yeah, it's a bunch of kids, and they know this guy. Yeah. So there's actually some real drama there. It doesn't really come out, but the idea is sound.
0: And then right when oh, – I wish they ca- – I, I know these are all, like, actors in their, like, early to mid 20s. Mm-hmm. But ima- can you imagine if they cast like 17 or 18 year old actors? That would have been kind of cool. Uh, would have And it would have been spookier, you know, where they're court marshalling one another and it's, their kids. They're all Wesley's. <sighs> there you go. That's that's the pitch. <laughs> Nothing but <laughs> Wesley. Imagine Star Trek, but it's all Wesley. Great. I love it. Here's your check. <laughs> By the way, who's Wesley? Don't ask. Don't ask. Don't
1: ask. <laughs> um, so they end up deciding to kill him. Mm-hmm. And then the show kind of cops out because the whole thing is they're going to have to execute this guy. Yeah. That's, that's 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 the law. That's what they got to do. He's a danger to himself and to the ship and he's, to the war.
0: He's been court-martialed. They voted to execute
1: him. Yeah. And they're having a conversation. And they're just like, are you going to be okay with this? And he's like, ask me in a few years if we make it that long. <laughs> it's like it's a heavy burden yeah. to have to execute someone at all. And and, well, and, and, and to his credit, he was going to do it himself. But then he walks in and Ivan Sergei's hung himself. Yeah. And... Yeah. It, it's it's it, kind of a cop-out. It, 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 it
0: gets every cast member off the hook as the yeah, problem. Yeah, you
1: never have to deal with the actual moral ramifications or, of that scene.
0: Or they all do in the abstract. Like, none of them actually had to commit the act. Which, you know, yeah. is, it's a good way to deal with you know, moral repercussions that was spread among all of them.
1: Mm. But no, yeah, we'll none have of them actually... To deal with it, though.
0: And because they're voting to execute this guy, I'm thinking, well, this is not Star Trek where they just put him in the brig. Or he's court-martialed and he's punished and he's stripped of his rank and that's kind of it for him. Yeah. You don't execute people on Star Trek, but uh, like the Kling- if you want to have an execution plot, you had to go to like the Klingon homeworld or some other like more violent race. They
1: didn't even kill. Kirk and, uh, uh, and uh, Bones
0: when they yeah, assassinated they, that's right. the they Klingon send, president. They sent him to Ruripenthe, the mining planet. Yeah,
1: even the Klingons
0: don't do that. Uh, so, yeah, there's no execution, but in this, clearly there's execution. So Wait the minute, idea do you is... remember
1: the name of the mining planet in Undiscovered Country? Of
0: course I do. What was it? <laughs> Ruripenthe.
1: <laughs> that's going to be really useful in the
0: down someday. At some point. <laughs> that's so, going to be important. The, the frozen mining planet where they met Iman. Yeah,
1: Ruripenthe, got yeah. it, noted.
0: Uh, but uh,
1: yeah. not every species keeps its genitals in the same place. That blew my mind when I saw that. When I, saw it, I was like eight when that movie came uh, out. Yeah.
0: And and it was exposed too. So it was that, weird. So that, that alien guy was walking around with just his junk hanging out. Yep. I guess that was par for the course for that species. It was the style at the time. <laughs> just to have your junk hanging out.
1: Yeah. Have an onion on your belt, junk hanging out of your knees.
0: Um, uh,. But yeah, I, I was unsure because they're doing this like really heavy. We're going to vote to execute him. I was unsure if these kids had already like they were in such a panic and they lost their commanding officer and they didn't know what to do that they pushed themselves to the extreme immediately, mm-hmm. which could happen. No, sure. Uh, and they were voting to execute him, which is really unusual in this universe. Or if this was a universe so overwhelmed by... Military violence, a la Starship Troopers, right. that executing people is kind of common. Mm. I did, never understood what was going on with space Show.
1: Well, they never really had a clear delineation of how society works. Mm-hmm. Like in Star Trek, I don't remember if they did it in the first episode, but it was pretty clear pretty early on that we're living in a somewhat utopian mm-hmm. society that values uh, morality, ethics, mm-hmm. and
0: science. Over our our violence and and
1: our vices, our lesser nature,
0: lower emotional states.
1: Yeah. Capitalism was Mm. kind of a non thing. Yeah. Like in in the original series, there was a little bit of capitalism, but by next generation, it was
0: gone. Well, and, and then they brought it back with the Ferengi, but whatever. Well, I, I mean, within Starfleet, like there was yeah. money
1: in the original series and there were like mm. millionaires that they ran into. Yeah, it, it
0: wasn't until uh, Star Trek First Contact, actually, which came out the same year as this series, mm-hmm. uh, where they actually said out loud, we don't have money. We just work to better ourselves. Yeah. Like, that's the first time they said it out loud.
1: Yeah. yeah. And then, of course, they run into species who have money. Mm. Hence, they need to have a bar- Quark has a bar. So they have to have money to deal well, with other people. There, there was money on
0: that station. I guess it was really awkward because they actually had to start like earning their – Starfleet had to earn their keep. Like they had things they could trade now.
1: Yeah. It's
0: I like, don't understand how, how it works. How, how did they get money? Did they just – they could just throw the economy into whack. It's like all of a sudden these people who don't work for pay are getting paid? I think That's they a get a stipend strange. from Bajor. That's got to be it. It's, yeah. g- it's got to be money from within the system. They can't bring in Starfleet money. No, that would ruin that the would, local economy. That would, that would wreck yeah. everything. Yeah, absolutely. But then, well, I guess having Starfleet there brought other money-bearing Aren't they, aren't they working with those,
1: uh, uh, what, what's that money that's like gold inside stuff? Gold-pressed gold latinum. Yeah, gold-pressed latinum. Isn't that yeah. just sort of like this basic currency throughout the universe by that point? Uh,
0: that's the only, I mean, that's what the Ferengi use as their basic trade. And they eventually explained that the latinum is like liquid inside of gold. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, that was what they came up with in Deep Space Nine, and that's what they just kept on using whenever they needed money. There was never like currency exchange was never a problem anymore.
1: It's it's always difficult to come up with an entire new society, and I'll grant you that. Mm. But you're right. What I'm not picking up on on Space Show, the show, is uh, what they value. Yeah, like you know, if you looked at like if you look at a country and like the things that like they do and what they allow <laughs> you can get a sense of where their values are and yeah there's yeah. going to be a lot of differentiation oh. but look at what this country is what, doing
0: now a he-
1: lot of people are fine with it those mm. are the values of the country that we're so, telling the world and history it's what
0: hegel calls the zeitgeist yeah
1: mm. um and that and that <laughs> if i can
0: casually bring up hegel <laughs> and that shifts that shifts
1: yeah. with uh different movements with mm. different political leaders with different art sometimes it can totally shift. The zeitgeist. Mm-hmm. Um, but I get no sense of it here. One thing, I was watching this with my wife, Michelle, and we were like,
0: they say they're in the Navy. And they have naval ranks. Ensign they, is a naval rank. Yeah. Captains, commanders. And we were just sort of just like, they're in space. Shouldn't it be the Air Force? Well, but they're... they're, they're but
1: And then I was like, no, no,
0: there's no air in space. That's right. So well, And they're in they're in command of ships, and the closest analog is the Navy.
1: I thought was funny. Yeah. Um, anyway, so they, dude, Mark kills himself. They go, they fix the
0: ship, mm. and
1: they engage in a series of not unclever yeah, space like, fight tactics. Like, like
0: they, they have to sneak up on a giant ship by like hiding, hiding in a comet's tail, mm-hmm. or they, uh, they project a hologram of other ships to lead people off the trace. An and-
1: idea that they got from watching holographic porn. So there's a scene. <laughs> that, porn gave us the idea. There's a scene where Johnny Cage. Just, I'm just gonna call him Johnny Cage That's how I remember him Johnny Cage They've gone through a lot And Johnny Cage is like Oh it's been through so much I'm gonna, I'm go. Just, I'm I'm gonna, gonna go I'm watch gonna watch go watch Holographic
0: porn And it's it's the same actress In the same hot
1: tub scene Yeah He's totally into this One person And as he says I'm gonna go And they're on the bridge They're on like the, uh, the bridge mm. And he's like I'm gonna go watch My hologram porn And mm. then Kelly Who's like Oh can I join And everyone's like uh, okay, <laughs> he's like, sure. Well, I'm, I'm gonna be beaten off a lot, but uh, like, sure. I, I, I guess it's pretty casual in, in the future. <laughs> and uh, while they're like, they're they're not watching hologram porn anymore, so I guess they already had sex. And mm-hmm. she's just like, hologram porn. They don't call it hologram porn, but it's hologram porn. Hologram porn's so cool. Like, I know that it's not real, but it tricks me into thinking it's real. Uh-huh. And he's like, that's it. That's the connection. So they make hologram other ships here, to trick here, them.
0: Here's the problem. It's not hologram porn. It's VR porn. Apologies. They call it hologram porn, but it's all in, in VR helmets. And VR is actually a big part of the show because the bad guys also use it to torture in yeah, one scene early on. It's fun. Yeah. Um, in a really cool torture scene, like he's got this laser whip that he whips through the guy's body and ah, then gross. ends up killing him. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he's like, oh, we can use these holograms. So what, you're going to capture every single member of the opposing force and put those VR helmets on them? Because that's do,
1: the way that works. How are the holograms working in a vacuum well, the, where there's no light and nothing to project well, they're, them onto? They're
0: projecting the light, and there would have to be, like, yeah, a cloud of space dust or something. Kind
1: of hazy on that.
0: Well, I mean... I d- they explain hologram technology and countless sci-fi things where you just need multiple cameras and mm-hmm. then, like, the light kind of bounces off itself, yeah. and they can cre- create a 3D image that way.
1: And they also do a thing that they would eventually do on Galaxy Quest, which is uh, drag objects behind the ship and fling them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the at the opponent, it's not unclever. Those, those are so, some clever space tech. Every time they do something clever mm-hmm. on a show like this, like a Star Trek show, I'm reminded of that one. Shitty we're t- trying to make fetch Happen moment in insurrection <laughs> Where Riker was just like I know what we'll do we'll scoop up space gas and we'll, ex-
0: Explosive space gas Yeah
1: and then we'll release it around them um. And then Jordy the Forge is like ah I wouldn't be surprised If they call this the Riker maneuver right. I would it's impractical And will never be used again
0: Access the manual steering column by Atari And he's got that joystick you remember that oh, stupid God. Ass scene he's got a joy- The manual steering column God Access the manual steering column totally sounds like a masturbation code. It really does. Even when I saw it in 98, it sounded that way. Do
1: you remember what the Picard Maneuver is? I do. Tell the world. (laughs)
0: Because this one actually
1: makes sense. This is actually useful.
0: The Picard Maneuver is something that uh, Captain Picard first thought up with when he was in command of the Stargazer. His first command was (laughs) in a desperate moment, he was able to, in a battle situation, engage the warp engines... And warp an incredibly short distance from where he was, right up next to his oppo- like the opponent's ship, mm-hmm. and then fire away. Uh, so for a brief mo- moment, because they were moving faster than the speed of light, it looks like the ship was in two places. Yeah. And, uh, and it's a really good tactic.
1: If they use it in Nemesis, mm. that whole scene is cool. Yeah. yeah. That, that bit in Nemesis, that's a cool fight. Well, that's a cool
0: space fight. They allude to the Picard, manu- P- Picard maneuver in the show. He invented this maneuver, but they never do it in the show. Yeah, they <laughs> finally see it in Nemesis, yeah. and it kicks ass. Mm-hmm. The whole, the whole
1: so, Nemesis has good stuff in it. It's just the stuff that's bad is so bad.
0: Depressing, boring story kind of thing. Yeah, but man, there's Tom cool Hardy's bits. best performance. Um, what? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a bit of a joke, you see. Ah, okay. Hey, yeah. Yeah, okay, Tom- cats. <laughs> Stop being cats. They disagree with my Tom Hardy assessment. Yeah. Um, What about
1: the Revenant? What about Locke? (laughs) You monster?
0: (laughs) Blink, and I'll kill you. (laughs) Hey,
1: hey, hey, hey,
0: hey. Stop being cats. Those are the, they're space cats. They have opinions about space show, the cat show.
1: (laughs) Space cats, the cat show.
0: That's something that also kind of annoyed me about space show cam, command. No cats? No, no aliens. Well, they make
1: that they 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 hang a lamp on that. They just mm. say that we have no found no aliens yet.
0: Uh, yeah, I know, but uh, it, that's well, part of the fun of a space show mm. is you get to interact with like a new culture. I, and that's the, that, that was, like, the big selling point of the original Star Trek. We have one crew member who is a space alien. He's a little been, bit weird. And there have been
1: good space shows you know, that didn't have alien species in them. Battlestar hmm. Galactica. Uh, they, got, they,
0: they got alien robots. Th- those, they made those robots. Oh, well, But they evolved into their own society, right? But they, so they still made
1: them, so they're not uh, alien. I guess you're right. Um, Firefly doesn't have aliens. Oh, it doesn't?
0: That, no, no aliens. Doesn't have, like, monsters and stuff? No. What are those monsters they fight in Serenity? Aren't they like? Oh no, those those are uh, people who've been driven insane. But they like growled and had claws and
1: stuff. Uh, they, they, they they no, that's like uh, Road Warrior gear, and oh, they do I... growl because they they've lost their minds. There was a chemical uh, uh, so experiment and it messed with their brain. Chemistry. Oh, so they're, so they're, they're people.
0: They were like mutant humans. Yeah. but okay. Yeah, they're like oh, chuds. I... Oh, I thought they were out like alien monsters. No, they're like chuds. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um... Serenity explains nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Explains,
1: explains enough. Fine. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't, that, that's not my problem. My mm. problem is if you're not going to have uh, the fanciful qualities mm. of a show like this, uh, you know, the new alien uh, mm. species, uh, the the really weird science fiction tech, um, just quirky, unusual story beats. The characters have to be great. Uh-huh. they're not. <laughs> and I see people struggling to make it work. Like I've seen Kelly who do good, do good work. Mm. And I know Jay Underwood. Jay Underwood's actually fine. He he does what he has to do.
0: But well, as as sort of like the quote leader character. Well, it's 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 a strangely enough the lead role I've always thought is the most thankless hmm. because they have they have to be such an avatar for the rest of for like the viewing audience. They carry the moral center that they're not allowed to have quirks. Well, and like really- they don't they don't get to have an unusual thing. They just have to be good leaders, and it takes a lot of you know talent to play a good leader, especially if you're going to command these characters and convince an audience that you're commanding those characters. And I actually usually
1: like the storytelling mm. trope of someone who, in, in a typical situation, is the last person you'd want in charge. But when the chips are down, mm. they're the ones who actually step up and are great in this yeah. scenario. That can be really dramatically satisfying. Um, here, though, he's never really that bad. Mm. He's never really, like, he punches a guy, but everyone wanted to, so it's not like he's all that different. Um And he steps up, and he's a perfectly good leader. I got nothing against him. If he was a captain of my ship, I'd be like, cool. Mm. But, I don't know, it feels like they're desperately trying, because his his mother was an admiral, and, like, he's expected to live up to these expectations, it feels like what they're trying to reinforce is the idea that heroism has legacy,
0: yeah, that like you, yeah.
1: you, you will step up because your parents are great. And then such uh, it's
0: it's the same well, but Tom like, story. Look but yeah. at Star
1: Wars. Look, at a lot of a lot of like mm. this kind of narrative fiction is just your fathers were great warriors or your, mm. your mother was a great wizard. And now you will be, too, mm. even though you rebel against it for a bit. But eventually you realize your parents were right about everything. It should fall in your parents. So, footsteps. Well, in, it's a in, tired cliche.
0: In, in Star Wars, yeah. before the Empire Strikes Back came out, what was Luke's father's story?
1: As far as Luke knew Yeah His father was uh, A skilled pilot Fought in the Clone Wars And 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 he was a Jedi
0: Who was taught by Obi-Wan Kenobi He he was a Jedi Yeah
1: And Darth Vader killed him That was the story That Luke Luke Skywalker thought So he was
0: following His father's footsteps That's the story I'm sticking with
1: Yeah I had this (laughs) idea I think it would be A really (laughs) neat idea As a fun exercise Mm. You do this as like An Elseworlds comic book Like a what if Give someone I don't care who Just someone creative Oh Give someone the mission statement of this. Continue the Star Wars series, but you can as it was only written. Yeah. no. No, <laughs> no, only using Star Wars episode 4 A New Hope. Mm. That's the only one
0: you got. And do and a you, new sequel. And like that's not The Empire Strikes you Back. You can't
1: copy anything. Mm. Any character who is introduced after Star Wars episode 4 A New Hope, you mm. do not have access to. Luke, so, get away from there.
0: It's like like the emperor. It's like well, the, the emperor's em-
1: mentioned, but you d- you can't it yeah. can't be it can't be Darth Sidious, it can't be well, Emperor and, and Palpatine. A- also, the, it's some emperor, the
0: notion that th- this Darth Vader character was now the right hand man of the emperor. that, well, that was, that's, was in that, there. That was new in Empire. No,
1: no, no, that was in
0: there. No, he they wore, talk about it. In the, in he the, worked the, for Peter Cushing in the original.
1: No, 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 no. He worked with Peter Cushing. They specifically <laughs> talk about you know the, he the emperor you know the, oh, the, yeah. you and your emperor with your bloody blah like the men- oh, okay. he's
0: mentioned okay
1: really briefly. But he's mentioned So you got him But he can't look like that He yeah. can't be that character mm. uh, uh, Do we let them have The special edition or not?
0: No No, okay. no Boba Fett e- And no. Jabba
1: the Hutt Isn't a giant slug monster
0: No he's just He's just some dude
1: Boba Fett does not exist And Jabba the Hutt exists uh-huh. But that's not what he's like We
0: can't great. do that uh, In fact There was a novel That was written After Star Wars But before the Empire Strikes Back called, oh, yeah. Like the Shard of the Mind's Eye Or something like that yeah. Crystal Shard of, I forgot the exact title but, uh, yeah, that was supposed to be one of the original concepts for a sequel. And, yeah, the whole Darth Vader is secretly your father was, was not part of that. And the I'm Marvel recall. comic book series that came
1: out right after Star Wars mm. uh, Episode Four, A New Hope. Just Star Wars. Just Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. After the original Star Wars, yeah. um, went in weird directions. There's, like, a cartoon rabbit they team up with. Cool. Like, it's really, really – it just went in totally yeah. different directions. What is your problem, buddy? Okay,
0: if, if that's the next, it's like, okay. plot – that, that Disney is you know, working all of its high-moneyed machinations around, if they're just going to sort of start rebooting stuff, I think that would be a cool idea. I think they hold... Do, do a new Empire Strikes Back. I think they hold Star Wars in a little too much reverence, mm-hmm. and I think you should have the
1: totally reverent mainstream Star Wars series, episode 9, episode 10, whatever you want to do with it, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Now, start having fun with it, and you start with... I know I'm going to sound like a broken record, but this is my other idea.
0: (laughs) I love this idea. I know what you're going to say. Muppet Star Wars. Oh Muppets! Oh, okay, I thought you were gonna say something else. Which one do you think was? I going thought to you were gonna say uh, everyone comes to Dexter Jester's. Oh, that's also a good idea. Yeah. you you pitched this idea once. It was like sort of like a comedy sitcom. It's like Alice, but Star Wars. Well, I was kind of my idea was gonna be like Casablanca, where like mm. so
1: Dexter Jester, if you'll recall, in Attack With, of the Clones, he was just this this kind of schlubby diner owner, but Obi Wan went to him for advice. He knew everybody. Mm. He knew everything that was
0: going on. I, I always pictured him as like Mel, the cook on Alice. Okay, but, but
1: I yeah. pictured him like, like Rick what? and. (laughs) cost him luck but like and the whole thing is is just like he everyone knows him everyone likes him no one has a problem with him so everyone comes to eat at his place and he overhears things and he knows stuff no one else knows Mm. and he's had an interesting life he did a bunch of cool stuff when he was younger but that's it so it's just this restaurant on coruscant and everyone like coruscant is the capital of the galaxy so everyone's coming there eventually (laughs) and it's just a series of stories that take place in or around or with people who visit Dexter Jester And Dexter Jester is either the star of the episode Or a guiding force Someone who changes someone's path mm. And that's, everyone comes to Dexter Jester's. But I want to do Muppet Star Wars Where we
0: tell the whole story of the first Star Wars movie mm. But with Muppet characters But the Muppet
1: characters You get like,
0: Luke is a person Yeah, I was about to say, who play, what human actor plays Luke? Like Luke um, um, uh, Jennifer Lawrence C- C-3PO and R2-DTR are clearly Gonzo and Rizzo yeah. Oh, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that, that writes itself. Yeah. Um, um,
1: Kermit is Han Solo. Miss Piggy is Princess Leia because they got to oh, end thought, up together.
0: I, I thought Kermit would be uh, Obi Wan Kenobi. No. Is Sam the Eagle Obi Wan Kenobi? So, <laughs>
1: Sam the e- no, Sam the Eagle is Peter Cushing. Oh, there you go. <laughs> there you go. That works. Um, oh, I just had uh, th- to go th- I
0: guess no. Dar- Walter is Luke. Darth Vader would also have to be a human actor then. If Sam the Eagle is is. He's Peter Cushing. No, it's fine.
1: Sandy Eagle is Peter Cushing, and then all of the other, like, just the sort of running around Empire guys, the Penguins. (laughs) 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 Just running around. (laughs) Um, Let's see who else we got here. Um, uh, Rolf is in the Cantina Band. Absolutely. Yep.
0: Mm-hmm. And then uh, eventually we'll bring him back for so, Muppet Return of the so, Jedi. Uh, Sweetums is Chewbacca. That that writes itself.
1: No, Foz- no wait, Fozzie is Chewbacca.
0: Fozzie? No, Sweetums is Chewbacca. it's Kermit and Fozzie. Oh, all right, Kermit and Fozzie. Together
1: again. <laughs> but,
0: Together again. Ta da 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 da, da 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 da. I don't know, know. Fozzie doesn't strike me as like a, a big st- imposing figure though. He's not really scary. He's not. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to have to live with that. <laughs> <laughs> It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. All right, fine. Um, are there any other
1: major characters since the first Star Wars? I think we no, kind covered it, most of there them. There are
0: more Muppets than Star Wars characters. Then we're good. <laughs> Fill it with Muppets. Just, they're all New Zealand. <laughs>
1: Seriously, just the cantina. Imagine the Star Wars cantina scene. With Muppets. With nothing but Muppets. Like Muppets you know and recognize. <laughs> I, I need to get a drink. <laughs> Did Didn't I have a fish? Pepe Lepron's just like, he doesn't like you, okay?
0: <laughs> I
1: don't like you either, okay?
0: We're going we're going to set up the Death Star, okay? I'm gonna blow up the Alderanis. Is it Alderanis or Alderanos? I don't know, you're all you're gonna die anyway.
1: Janice is Mon Mothma.
0: <laughs> here's what, here's how we get down the train. Like I can't do I I can't do a Janice.
1: I just watched um mm. Space show the show isn't that interesting. Anyway, yeah, I no, just
0: watched. No, notice we're not talking about it a lot. I just watched a
1: Muppet Family Christmas for the first time since I was a little kid. Yeah, uh-huh. you ever see that one? Where I'm they, sure I did when I was a kid. It's a TV special where the Muppets go to Fozzie's aunt's like cabin for the holiday.
0: Oh golly, I don't think I have seen this. It's one. great. Well, they okay. go to they go to a cabin for the
1: holiday, and Ooh. Miss Piggy is like running late, and she's like stuck in a storm, and that's the big suspense. Will Miss Piggy make it for Christmas? Uh-huh. I mean, and but also everyone from sesame street shows up They carol them oh, and then they fine. decide to stay over and there's a bunch of really cute jokes like okay. there's the one where um uh oh and like uh, the old man and the dog from fraggle rock are staying there as well and they <laughs> just wanted a peaceful holiday but of course now there's all these muppets and there's mm-hmm. drama but then like bert and ernie talked to the old guy from fraggle rock and it's just like oh hey how you doing there oh i'm okay I just brought my dog oh dog that starts with the letter d Uh, Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) Oh, those are nice glasses. Let's start with the letter G. Uh, Yeah. Oh, that's just small talk where we come from. (laughs) (laughs) That's adorable. And then Uh. in the basement, Robin, Mm -hmm.
0: Kermit's uh, Kermit's uh, nephew, nephew, yeah.
1: Finds a Fraggle hole and they go to Fraggle Rock.
0: It's all the all the Jim Henson creations.
1: It's charming as hell. It's really (laughs) cute. There's a whole bit where Fozzie like builds a snowman and snowman becomes alive and becomes like his straight man in a comedy routine and all of a sudden he's funny. (laughs) It's great. It's really, really cute. I just had such a good time with it. it no one talks about the special. Like, it's not yeah. part of like the popular Muppet mm. canon. Everyone talks about Muppet Christmas Carol. Fine. Muppet Family Christmas is
0: delightful. The, and to be fair, the Muppet Christmas Carol is quite good. Oh, it's actually one of my
1: favorite versions yeah. of Christmas Carol. I love that movie. <laughs> if I if pressed, I might even call that my favorite Muppet movie. But
0: like, mm. this is.
1: Just, yeah. a, just a hoot. And if no one talks about it. It's really great. Um, space yeah, show M- the show.
0: Muppet Star Wars is a good idea. And, heck, Disney owns everything. So why not? Why not? Let's go for it.
1: Anyway, space show the show. Um, they beat the bad guys. And then I kind of thought well, how, this, how the show would end would be mm-hmm. them like out on the outskirts of the galaxy. And they're not going to get reinforcements for a long yeah, time. And well, they'd just be sort of stuck there. And that would be like them against the odds every week, which is not a bad idea for a show. But then they get a new, like, mature (laughs) captain who's Mm. fine and they all just kinda go back to
0: their day jobs and like, what the fuck was all that about? We're just gonna go uh, back to normal after that? What's the 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 point? What's the show? The premise of a show of inexperienced ensigns isolated from any experienced captain and from any reinforcements against an entire armada of bad guys is a great idea for a show. I like that idea for a show. i watched that. Or even if it's not just those bad guys. Maybe they're in this dangerous part of the universe where there are aliens or there are other factions. There's just a lot of threats and a lot of things they don't understand and they don't have the experience. That's a great premise.
1: And honestly like when Mm. the show finally settled into that premise and got around with the action and everything like that, Mm. yeah the characters are
0: pretty thin but I was digging it for a bit. I got into it a little. when you got to see them doing their jobs well and rising above, it was it was just good, s- standard but effective TV drama. Perfectly decent. And, and then they just turn yeah, and right the, around. And, then, and they turn around and they're able to fly back. Yeah. They get a new captain. And yeah, the, the question now is, what's the show? Yeah, Is the show just going to be them now listening to a captain? Is this just an even more watered-down Star Trek knockoff now? I wonder. Here's my one thought.
1: Mm-hmm. Did they at some point realized that the show wasn't going to work, but they were going to have to repackage it as a movie, so they added that to, like, not leave it on a cliffhanger?
0: That's the one thought I have, but honestly, it just feels like bad planning. You can do that. You can just say, oh, no, we're out here all alone now. Well, second start to the right and straight on till morning. Let's just go. Yeah. And that's a fine way to end end a movie. Yeah, like, like that, that's it. a good cliffhanger to lead into a series, but you can also finish a film that way. I'm not
1: saying it was a wise studio note. Yeah. I'm just saying it could have been a studio note. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, the premise is young people. It's like when the uh, uh, Star Trek 2009, mm-hmm. like... At the end of that, they're they're crewing the Enterprise, and they go off on their mission, right? Oh. And then Star Trek Into Darkness comes out, and they haven't left yet.
0: <laughs> and they have this whole other adventure before they start their mission. They have a whole
1: other adventure, and, and then, then they come back to Earth, and then they're like, well, soon you'll start your mission. Then what was that first adventure? Just go!
0: Well, and then by the time we get to Star Trek Beyond, it's like, and our mission's coming to a close. No, no, wait, what? You can't do that. What's the point? When do we get to the mission? <laughs> what's, the, what's the good stuff? Is there a tie-in comic I should be reading? Is yeah. that what I should be reading? I, I understand Star Trek invented this whole... Star Trek and Doctor Who kind of hand-in-hand in hand, invented the notion that when you're watching a science fiction show, there's stuff going on in between the episodes that the viewer is not savvy to. Yeah. This notion of sci-fi canon. The idea that the really world continues in, when you're not looking at yeah, it. So like, we haven't seen the Klingons in a t- while. Yeah, it wasn't been around doing in, stuff. in TV form until Star Trek and Doctor Who kind of did it hand-in-hand. Hand. like Kind of simultaneously. I
1: feel like there's another example, but yeah, it wasn't common.
0: Yeah, yeah. And... I, so Star Trek can own that—that that there's stuff going on in between the movies that you're not seeing, but that's the stuff I want to see in that's these the, new movies. <laughs> the good stuff. And I like Star Trek Beyond a lot. Mm. It's it's a weird intro.
1: Yeah. That they're tired of being in space on your third film, on your yeah, third yeah. story together. So we
0: better we better call back all of the classic Star Trek stuff you like. Hey, remember Enterprise? We're gonna make a lot of references to Enterprise. Oh. No. <laughs> Remember the Zindi War? <laughs> no one remembers the Zindi War. Uh,
1: so that's Space Show, the show. If Space Show, the show had lasted 100 episodes, uh-huh.
0: boy would they have had to spice it up a bit. It was, they, needed a, they needed a Gabby Hayes or a Stretch Armstrong or something, uh, to, 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 to quote Tom Servo. Uh, they needed one interesting character, one interesting conceit, uh, one f- fun unique idea just yeah. one yeah they, this one show. And they threw it away and yeah uh, they threw th- it away th- this is as close as you can get to making a science fiction show without making anything
1: yeah
0: it's the skeleton of all the other science fiction shows with no meat on it
1: yeah some of the pieces they're, it's they're like, functional okay, it's, but, mm.
0: it's a space navy And that's kind of it. It's just a space Navy going about their business. Here's
1: what you do. Here's what I would do. Mm -hmm. Episode two.
0: Okay.
1: Seems like it's a pretty standard Star Trek-y kind of show. You come up with a good A-plot for the episode, like some fun standalone thing. Uh But, like, that's that. But by the end of that episode, we realize that this new captain that they've got is a double agent. Mm
0: -hmm. And only,
1: like, one of the crew knows. Oh, and they go. don't know who they can trust. So you would make that like a three or four episode arc with them like not trusting their captain, not sure if he's a double agent or a triple agent, mm. what's going on, is this a need-to-know basis, or do we need to form a mutiny? And yes. by the end of that, they're formed, they're forged in fire, they are a team together, that captain turns out to be a bad guy, maybe not in the way you expect. Okay, But he, he, he gets jettisoned from the ship or escapes with the bad guys, and now they're on their own, but they're also like oh, how about this? isolated they, and, and
0: stuck. They find out he's a bad guy, but uh, just like Starfleet Command doesn't know. Yeah, and so they have to either imprison him or they accidentally kill him or they purposefully kill him. Yeah, because he's a bad guy, and now they can't tell Starfleet Command. Ooh, so they so pretend he's they, like. They, so they weekend at Burnie's. It's like they they send like <laughs> fake messages from well, they, the captain. They have to pretend that the captain's still alive. They when have the really, hologram technology. Yeah, when they've really gone rogue. That's a good premise for a that's show. That's an interesting too. premise. I yeah. could see
1: that work. I mean, you can't sustain that for like a hundred episodes, but for mm. a seasonal arc. That's yeah. like, you can
0: play with that for a while. That'd be cool. Mm. Good. Like the show with the fake captain. That's that's a fun show, that's right? It's different. Yeah, a, you can play a, with a, that. A little but again, they need one idea. Yeah. One idea, and they have got nothing. Not, not after that. Not after that ending. Yeah. yeah. Lame. It, uh, it's like the and it even has a generic name. Star Command. Star Command. Like Space Rangers was pretty generic, but I think uh, S- at Star least you were Command, ranging the Yeah, Star Command is even less descriptive. Yeah. Like it sounds like that's why they used it in Toy Story, because it sounds generic. It's something that they knew hadn't been made before. And a year later, somebody took the name and made a show out of it. And guess what? It was boring and nondescript.
1: So what you're saying is the show was definitely canceled too soon.
0: <laughs> no, I think I don't think it was canceled too soon. <laughs> OK, now I, I don't yeah, think we
1: need more Star Command. This is an interesting example. I, I think I have said this before and I'll say it again. Hmm. Like when, I, when I'm on Twitter and I say like now watching, I'll just mention what I'm watching right now just mm. in case anyone's curious. And sometimes they are. not But like often I have to watch stuff that isn't famously good. Right. Or it's weird or esoteric mm. or generic or famously bad sometimes. And people are always like, why? Mm. And I'm like, you'll learn a lot. It's- <laughs> if you want to learn like how to make a good, a, a, a good show, Don't watch good shows. Don't watch good shows because you'll just like, you can't. You'll just imitate them. You can't just do what The Wire did. You can't just do what Star Trek did. What you do is you watch a bad show. Once you've got the nuts and bolts of storytelling down, like you've read a couple of books, Mm -hmm. you've done a little experimenting on your own, once you've got the gist of it. Start watching bad or mediocre shows and just say, this isn't working, because, how would I
0: fix it? Because yeah, in your mind, you're already course-correcting. Here's how I would re-edit this scene. Here's how I would recast the character, and you're making a show in your head already. You're being creative. Knowing, but yeah, if
1: you just watch Citizen Kane, you're just watching like, oh yeah, Citizen Kane's good. Yeah, but, uh, what would I do? Not, as some, not Nothing as good as yeah, that. They,
0: they say if you watch Ingmar Bergman, all you're learning is how to make an Ingmar Bergman film. Exactly. If you watch Troll 2, you're making a great monster movie in your head. And
1: that's it with Star Command. You want to... You Here's what you do. You want to come up with your own Star Trek show. Your okay. own like spacefaring so sci-fi Star, Star show. Star Trek style spaceship yeah, set. The format TV isn't copyrighted. Okay. Anyone can do a story about people mm-hmm. traveling through space. Okay. But you want to come up with a good one. Here's what you do. Mm-hmm. Watch Star Command while high. <laughs> is that what you did? I'm not saying that. <laughs> I'm not saying it. Right. But like, what you do is you watch it and just watch it when you're a little high or a little drunk or something like that. Mm-hmm. Hanging out with your friends whatever in a creative spirit. And just just jot down stray thoughts. When you're done, you have a show. Uh, <laughs> it, it might not be a good show, but it'll be more interesting mm. than this. And, and you'll probably have something to work with.
0: Weirdly, the best Star Trek knockoff that's come along is the Orville. Mm. Which is very openly ripping off Star Trek The Next Generation. And is trying to sell itself as a comedy show, but it's really just a straight sort of low-rent Star Trek show. I haven't watched the Orville yet.
1: I thought you were going to say Galaxy Quest, which, of course, is well, a direct knockoff of Star Trek. Well, it,
0: it was sort of a parody of Star Trek. But like, it's still what, a good Star Trek, like, what, what What if instead of Captain Kirk, it was Shatner in charge of the Enterprise? That was the joke of Galaxy Quest. It's a great joke, but they yeah. run
1: with it, yeah, and they yeah. make it work.
0: And the same year, they did that same joke in Futurama. No kidding. Well that's Zap Brannigan. Oh, the, the, oh yeah.
1: The, the pitch the pitch for Zap Brannigan. Yeah. It's a slightly different joke. Well the,
0: the the joke on Futurama was imagine the Enterprise, but instead of Captain Kirk, it was William Shatner in charge, right. and that's that's how they built the character. Got it.
1: Um so yeah, that's that's mm. uh, Star Command, aka Space Show, the show.
0: Space Show, the show. We talked about a lot of other stuff because <laughs> there ain't nothing in Star Command. It's not a lot. Space Command. Lot. Um, Space. To people worked
1: on it, I'm glad you mm. know this didn't seem to kill a lot of careers. Um, yeah. So good for them. Um, I, I
0: really hope this this wasn't the blot on Kelly Who's career that I kept her down. I, I don't think anyone's it's smart. like, well, I want to cast this Kelly Who actress. She's very very good. Oh wait. Ooh, what's the Star Command? Oh, we can't put her in a big role. I, I don't think people, that's the People remember this.
1: <laughs> I, I honestly don't think no, that's no, the no. issue. Um, yeah, just kind of this forgotten little footnote. I'm, I'm <laughs> glad we discovered it. I'm also glad it was short. Um, <laughs>
0: Although it was a two-hour pilot, so yeah, was, but, it was a lot of pilot. But without commercials,
1: it's like an hour and
0: 27 minutes. Well, yeah.
1: Um, so that's it for this episode of Cancel Too Soon. Thank you, everybody. Uh, <laughs> we will be back later this week with Tarzan. We're like halfway through it, we swear. Wow. And there's only like eight episodes, but it's Tarzan. (laughs) It's created by Eric Kripke, who would go on to do Supernatural, stars Lucy Lawless and Mitch Pileggi and Sarah Wayne Callies and that guy from the Warcraft movie whose name I can't remember. As Tarzan. As Tarzan. He's he's the main guy. (laughs) As the Zan. Um, Do they call him the Zan? No, but they should. They should. They should
0: have called it the the apostrophes, like like the OC. The Zan. The Zan. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> a friend of mine made a parody of the OC called The Boo.
1: Oh, I remember that. About that was, Malibu. Yeah, that was funny. Um, so, yeah, we'll have that coming up uh, later this week. We have a fun uh, Christmas uh, episode. We found a Christmas show. Mm-hmm. That we're going to review for Christmas. <laughs> a so stick Christmas, around. A Christmas show. Uh, also on Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/cancelled too soon. There's mm-hmm. some cool stuff coming. We're bringing back the randomizer this month
0: as a special
1: Christmas treat. Yeah. So mm. when, you might recall we did a pilot season back in April where we released a whole bunch of I you know first episodes for ideas we had for podcasts. Uh-huh. And the show you voted for, our Patreon subscribers voted for, for us to continue was only the best, where you review every Best Picture nominee in order. But the show that got almost as many votes was a show called The Randomizer, mm. in which Whitney and I watched an episode, a random episode, of a television series we didn't watch. Like a long-running show.
0: Long-running show. A popular show that we, yeah, simply weren't behind. Yeah. You can't we, keep up with everything. We were too busy watching garbage yes. to watch the popular stuff. So, yeah, we, we didn't watch stuff like Desperate Housewives, which was the pilot of The Randomizer. So
1: we had a poll on our Patreon page. And don't forget, if you subscribe on Patreon, you get to vote in these polls and, you know, mm. help manipulate the content to your leisure, to your to your liking. Um, and we're going to do a, a Christmas episode of the show Psych, which has a lot of fans. People don't talk about it a lot. Mm. But once you bring up Psych, everyone's just like, oh, I love Psych. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And uh, the, and we're doing the, a new episode of Gilmore Girls.
0: Yeah, which yeah, we we haven't seen Gilmore Girls. And I know a lot of a lot of people who have seen Gilmore Girls. A
1: huge following yeah. that show. Never never really got into it. Um, not, just didn't see it. Missed it. Mm. We're schedule permitting, we're going to have some special guests who are familiar with those shows. So Whitney and I are going to review the shows. And we're going to try to figure out what we think the show is about, and then our special guests are going to tell us where we go wrong.
0: <laughs> so we get to you get to hear our special guests squirm uncomfortably as we get everything wrong about a show they enjoy
1: we also have the cancel too soon monthly movie coming up we're going to be doing the christmas made for tv slasher movie home for the holidays starring sally field <laughs> she made a slasher movie no one talks about this it's really kind of shoved under the rug but uh, it's an interesting another another historical footnote mm-hmm. that we get to explore with y'all and that is exclusively available on patreon.com slash Canceled too soon. Um, And uh, yeah. That's a wrap. That's a wrap, folks. We'll see you next season.